0: Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I am joined today by a guest, Amy Walworth, and I am so excited to have her on today to talk about teaching music on a cart. I was telling her before I pushed record that this is a question I have been asked a lot, not just during covid, but all the time. (laughs) But I also know this is something I do not have personal experience with. So I know if I don't know the answer, I love to find someone who does. And Amy is going to introduce herself, but I also know she just wrote a book about this too, because that obviously means she has probably been asked this question a billion times as well. So Amy, why don't we just start by you introducing yourself and letting the listeners know a little bit more about you?
1: Okay. Wow. Um, this is so exciting. It's so nice to actually talk to you in person. I have been listening to your podcast <sighs> for so many years and I have learned so much oh, and God. have been inspired. You have no idea the impact your podcast has had on me personally oh you're gonna make me cry (laughs) my teaching I so I I can't tell you what an honor it is Mm. to to have this conversation and be here with you uh and I really owe it to the interview you did with Sarah Goulish with F Flat Books uh I don't know maybe it was two right when she had first launched you know it would have been maybe two years ago I don't know Mm -hmm. but then you know She came on, you were, uh, she was talking about F flat books and she was talking about how she was really advocating for us music educators to get our work out into the world and providing that platform. Mm. Um, and, and, and that is exactly where I was in my career right then. I, I had all of these ideas. I found myself in this position of teaching on a cart mm. at five different schools. And, and I had, and I had finally gotten somewhere with it after five years, I'll tell you all the history of how I got there Yeah, and, and how, how I ended up in that position. But, um, I wanted to get it all down on some paper and help people because um, so many people are having to teach that way now and having to survive through it. And I'm like, I have figured some things out and I really am at a point where I want to tell people and (laughs) get it out Mm -hmm, there. And I mm -hmm. heard this interview and I'm like, holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) This is for me. And I have, to meet her I have to meet Sarah and mm-hmm. so I contacted her and we connected right away and then we started working together it was another year before I was actually able to get you know probably that work yeah. into where it is now and finally yeah. it has been released um I think back in August um yeah. so I was just so thankful I heard about FLAP books from mm-hmm. your yeah. podcast so I'm so thankful um I'll talk more about my book later but um just a bit about me, how I got started, what, how would I do in my life as a musician, as a music educator right now. Um, I have to credit my experience as a musician with my early childhood days in church. I really, that's where it all started with me. My mom was the children's choir director and we were in the the church probably four days a week. (laughs) Mm. And I was always, we had this amazing adult choir and my, you know, of course the children's choir. And I was just always uh, doing music as a child. And so I really think it all started there for me. And of course my mom noticed right away that I was uh, really loving it. And she, so she put me into piano lessons and um, dance and all kinds of things. Um, but so I ended up going to college. I knew when my, in seventh grade, when my band director let me stand up in front of the class and direct one day, it was that moment. You know, mm. think about the, the moments we can give our students sometimes. It's all it took for me was that teacher letting me just take the baton and lead the class through the warm ups. And I was like, this is it. Mm. I want to do this for my life. (laughs) And so um, I didn't end up becoming a band director. I thought it was going to (laughs) be when I went into music education. I went to Cumberland uh, University, which is a small private school in uh, Cumberland, uh, Lebanon, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville, about 25 minutes or so. Um, But so I got my music education degree there. And I met my husband there in Lebanon, and we ended up going out to the University of Nebraska (laughs) to get our graduate degrees. And I got my master's of music education at the University of Nebraska at Kearney, actually, studied with some amazing uh, teachers there. And uh, my husband got his degree in music composition. Um, But I went ahead and started my teaching job in Nebraska, uh, and I'm from Kentucky and Tennessee, and I'm here in uh, in the Nashville area right now. But um, I started my teaching career in a very small rural town. Um, it was a K twelve all in one mm-hmm. building situation, where I had to teach elementary. Junior high choir, high school choir, high school marching band, you name it, I did oh it <laughs> right oh, out wow. of right out of college. It was a really good learning experience, oh, I'm sure, <laughs> but it was very overwhelming, and as you imagine, it was a struggle um. My early days of teaching were experimental Mm -hmm. (laughs) as it is for all of us. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was crazy, but I learned so much. Um, So after three years, uh, I had a principal basically tell me, you know, I had really struggled in classroom management. I had really struggled teaching everything. I think I was ready to move on at that point but I had a principal that basically said, you know what, you might need to move on. Um, this may not be the position for you. You're, you know, so that was really hard because teaching was my passion. You know, at that point I had taken Orff uh, one, I had taken level one and level two. I had gone, I went all the way out to, uh, San Francisco to study with Doug Gukin Paul Craberry. I took level two with Paul Craberry and, uh, and Doug Goodkin. And uh, it was incredible. And I was like, this is my life.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I was, what is going on here? You know, I have people tell administrators telling me that I uh, maybe didn't have what it took. That was really, really hard for me. I remember just, just being at a complete loss at that point, because I knew that teaching was where I belonged. And that's, you know, uh God needed me there. That's where I was meant to be. And so I took another position. I got offered another position teaching K-5, which was a huge relief because elementary was where I wanted to be. And so I um, was in a K-5 position and I loved it. I had a full or instrumentarium. I had everything. I had very supportive parents. I had everything I needed but I struggled. I struggled Mm -hmm. still with classroom management and I struggled with just managing all the things. And um, uh, so basically I had two different principals there at that new position and they both pretty much said similar things that I was really lacking in some things, (laughs) Mm -hmm. in some classroom management things. And I was so heartbroken because I had such a passion for what I was doing. I knew what I was doing was right, but something wasn't there yet. Something wasn't working for me. And so um, I had just had my first first child after three years. And I decided, you know what, maybe I, I thought this teaching thing was for me, but maybe it's not. I really wanted to stay home with my newborn. And I'm like, well, maybe homeschooling is where I belong (laughs) maybe that's what i meant to do and so I left my job my husband was doing pretty well at that point so that I could stay home and and I I stopped teaching I was told I really was not good enough basically and so um I really didn't have any support to grow so I left and uh So the next three years were probably the most difficult years of my life. Um, Definitely uh, something was missing there. And uh, we, my husband actually ended up losing his job and we pretty much lost everything. It was a really difficult time. And uh, so we had to leave Nebraska. We went, moved back home to Tennessee, back home to Lebanon. We had to move in with my in-laws. That was lovely. Let me tell you, um, (laughs) And at that point, I was pregnant with my second son. And so we ended up having my second son during that time while we were staying with my in-laws. And so there I was. I was in a really difficult place. So I started teaching at a homeschool tutorial. And they needed a music teacher to teach uh, at the tutorial. It was the praise band class. Uh, and, uh, so (laughs) I started teaching and during that time I had started seeing a therapist because uh, I was really struggling. I was seeing a Christian counselor Mm -hmm. and, um, he said, I'll never forget this. He asked me one day, Amy, what validates you? What validates you? And I really didn't know what he meant at that point, but then I was teaching the praise band class one day. And after I came home that day it clicked. And I'm like, this, this validates me. When I was leading those kids today, Mm -hmm. that is where I'm supposed to be. And so um, at that point, it was July. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have to go back to teaching. That is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and so I started scrambling looking for jobs that might be open before the school year started in August. And the only job that was open was uh, about 45 minutes from Lebanon in a town called Lafayette, Macon County, Tennessee. And uh, so uh, I called and, and they, you know, set up the interview. They were very excited that someone was coming to interview for the position. <sighs> And as you might know, nobody wanted to interview for this position, uh, as, as you probably guess why. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you why in a minute, if you don't know already. I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I never will forget. Uh, as I was going to the interview, I was driving in my car and uh, I'll never will forget going up. The, 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 the elevation of Lafayette, Tennessee is actually one of the highest points in the middle of Tennessee. And I realized I I didn't know that at the point, but I just remember going up and Mm -hmm. up and driving up and up and up. And when I finally reached the red light at the top of this giant hill, I was at the place where I was going to my interview at the school board. And it was just so like metaphorical because I was at the lowest part of my life. I had never been in such a hard time where I had lost everything. And then I just was driving up and up and up to this school that I was going to teach at. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it was just a very momentous thing in my life. But anyway, uh, I went into the interview and uh, and they, you know, they explained the position where I would have to teach at five different elementary schools oh and I would have to teach at all of them on a cart. Mm. I, uh, I have a room at one of them now, <laughs> but uh, that was just this year. I've been here six years, but uh, the principal uh, told me that yes, you're going to have to teach at all five schools throughout the year, and then you're going to teach at them on a cart because we don't have a music room. So that's why no one else come to interview. Came oh to interview. my gosh! I, that's why I was able to get that position at July 25th or whenever it was. But so. I had no choice. It was clear to me that I needed to take the position, and I thought, "Okay, I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to survive this year, and then maybe I'll be able to move on to somewhere else where I can have a a norm- <laughs> more normal mm-hmm, situation." Mm-hmm. So anyway, I uh, started teaching, and I had to figure out how to adapt. Well, every everything that I had learned before uh, with, you know, teaching the ORF approach. And of course I was very familiar with Kodai, um, how to do that on a cart mm-hmm. traveling between five different schools. So, uh, I only have to manage three schools at one time. I do three schools the first half of the year and three schools the second half of the year, but one of those schools stays the same. If that makes sense, is kind of my homeschool. Um, but, that is how I got into my position. First thing I
0: want to ask you is what has worked well for you when it comes to teaching on a cart? Well,
1: so, (laughs) so many things. And before I jump into that, I will say, so I had three different principals tell me that I I was not where I should be in my Mm -hmm. teaching and classroom management. I will say, I really feel that God brought me to where I am. And he's made that very clear as I have interviewed for other positions and that door closed. And it was very clear to me that I was meant to be here um, for so many reasons. I am there. I am there. I'm the best teacher that that I've always dreamed of being. Mm -hmm. And it was getting this position to mold and shape me into that teacher. I love that. The obstacles that I have, Try, had to overcome it's the cart t- teaching process and the the everything about going about that that made it all come together for me and finally molded me into the teacher that I am and so mm-hmm. uh, I will continue to share with that about how what all happened to to get me to where I am I think one of the main things is it is advocacy for what we do. Uh, We are (laughs) a traveling circus show. We are in those classrooms. And um, a lot of times the teachers get to see what we do. Mm. And that has been so, so important for advocacy. I think Um, I, you know, a lot of teachers that are teaching on a cart, uh, they don't really feel comfortable with the classroom teacher staying in there. And of course I didn't either in the early days, but now I welcome them to stay. I, you know, I, I know how hard it is to work outside of your room where your desk is not. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I say you, you, you can do what you need to do um, because I have seen the benefits of them being in the room and seeing what, uh, they they get to see what we do and the awesome things we do in elementary music. Of course, I, I'm very clear. And I try to, you know, set those expectations with that teacher, open that door of communication from day one and just, you know, g- try to get on the same page with them because um, it's an awkward situation teaching in somebody else's room and you've got to really let them feel like they can come to you with any issues. And, uh just start building that relationship right away. Uh because the students need to see you on the same page with you know with their classroom teacher as much as possible. But you know, I know some people don't feel comfortable having that teacher in the room. So you know, you need to do what works for mm-hmm. you. But um, um I, I have seen benefits of the teachers being in the room. Um, but yeah, before the first day, I you know, I would say you know, set up a time to meet with that each teacher, or send an email school wide, and just let them know your expectations, and really let them f- open that door of communication. Let them feel like they can come to you, whether it be um, noise issues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're playing instruments in the class next door you know, and you're, and they're taking a test in the next room, let the teachers feel like they don't have to go around you and go to the administrator. Let them let feel like they can just, you know, say, Hey, we're, we're taking a test. Is there something that mm-hmm. we could, you know, can we change? Can you change what you're doing at the moment for just a few minutes? And unfortunately, sometimes we have to do that. We have to adapt. Just letting them know that it's okay to come to you has been a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in this awkward situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
0: I think relationship building with other teachers is so important anyways. And so I love that you said that, let them know even like the very first week of school, like talk to me, like I I'm an open book. Let me know any of your frustrations. Tell me if it's too loud in here or whatever. Um, I remember teachers right. doing that with me during testing week and me, you know that knowing they're frustrated because it was loud I'm like okay so we had a compromise of like what what is okay in here to do especially the teachers that were in the same hall as me the ones across the school didn't really bother them but I realized okay during testing week I had to modify what I was doing so it's just keeping the line of communications open I love that you probably um, have seen this as well but on social media or even in person or wherever that there are a lot of frustrations that come up when it comes to teaching on a cart? Um, what are a few of those that you've seen come up with teachers who were all of a sudden, you know, during COVID were thrown into teaching on a cart, and maybe it was brand new, or even frustrations you felt when you started out that maybe you would love to address for teachers listening in?
1: Well, it's hard. It, there's so many challenges. Um, I think one of the hardest things is you have this wonderful lesson plan, you've got all these Google slides ready that you've designed and you have, you, and it's the technology issues, you know, you'll go into a room and their smart board is not working or their speakers aren't working or the speakers aren't loud enough or mm-hmm. um, the room is not set up for what you wanted to do that day. And so you have to modify uh, the way you're doing your instrument section, the instrument part of your lesson, or you just have to adapt on the fly to every classroom that you're in because they're all different, they're all unique. And wow, <laughs> that's one of the most, uh, most challenging things. And also just having to, uh, at the end of the lesson, pack it up, and run to the next place. Sometimes I would be scheduled on complete opposite ends of the building mm-hmm. and I would literally have to run down the hall. <laughs> oh to gosh. get them. And just so I can have, they only give me 30 minutes in my position to teach my lesson and there's no transition time. So I only really get to see them 20 minutes by the mm-hmm. time I get in and out of there. 25 on a really good day if I don't have to run across the school. Um, So it's really, really challenging in that you can't have your room preset. You can't have it all set up the way you need it for your lesson. So you, you have to plan accordingly and you, you know, you can't do the same things that you would in a music room. And so Mm -hmm. that's one of the most, you know, the the hardest things. So how, when you,
0: started teaching on a cart, and you were aware that you're in, let's be honest, you're in someone else's classroom. And like you said, you get there and something is broken, or the classroom isn't set the way it usually was. So were you in your mind, were thinking you're going to do something and you had to change it up and adapt, like you said, how do you get past those feelings of frustration or feel like you're like, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed doing this? Like, how did you move past those feelings? If I can ask you?
1: I have to think back to about six years ago, I've been teaching this way for six years and it's just become so natural to me. In fact, this year when they gave me a room at one of my schools, I actually had to relearn how to teach in a Mm -hmm. classroom. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a shocker to me. Oh, wait, I have to do a seating chart. I was used to just walking into a classroom and all those things were already set in place. I didn't have to tell them where to sit. They had their assigned spots. This is very especially helpful in kindergarten. It's just easier. The behavior is better when generally the behavior is better when you go into their classroom Mm -hmm. Uh, there are, they're already in a structured environment that's been set and you can just roll with it. You can go in and roll. Generally speaking, not, not all of our classroom teachers have excellent classroom management and procedures set in place. Uh, but generally speaking, I could just roll in and go. But when I had a classroom this year, I had to rethink some of those things like, okay, how are they going to come in the room? <laughs> how are, when are? they go, how, Where are they going to sit? How are we going to line up at the door? Because I hadn't done that in six years, well, plus three years of not teaching. So I had to rethink some of those. Speaking of advantages of benefits, <laughs> when you're on a cart, especially with like kindergarten and first grade, you just walk in, they have a spot on a rug. And they're in their home environment. So it is easy just to pull up my cajon, sit and get my auto harp on my lap and just go, you know. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the advantages, uh, I will say. Uh, This popped into my head. I'm sorry, randomly. Also, I Mm -hmm. found just going into the classroom, it is so much easier to teach cross-curricular lessons the teachers would be saying be seeing me teach like the star spangled banner for example and they would be like oh I'm going to be teaching that here why don't we try to time it so that we're teaching at the same time so we found each other naturally we found a lot of cross-curricular things happening that was really cool you know and I got to being in the room what they're studying you know, you're in their environment. And so naturally some of the things that I was teaching would tie into it because, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of good things that can happen.
0: When you were talking, it made me think of any first year teacher, new at doing anything, right? Yeah. Like uh, whether you're new to virtual teaching or whether you're a new teacher period or whether you're new from, let's say you went from secondary to elementary or from a classroom setting to a cart situation. When I was hearing you talking about, you know, even you saying in a 30 minute class period, you might teach 20 minutes to have time to pack up and get to the other class period. I mean, the other class, or you were even saying how um, it was an adjustment for you to go from teaching on a cart to back to the classroom. Mm -hmm. When you were talking, I was just thinking that it just takes time it's just kept replaying over in my head it just takes time give it time give it time give it time so for teachers that are new to teaching on a cart or maybe they found themselves this year teaching on a cart for the first time even would that be your advice is just to give yourself grace and like Absolutely. know that it will
1: get easier yeah. the more you do it it does uh, read my book that'll help <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah and they'll fall but, into your yeah. routine yeah
1: there's so many days that I just wanted out of that position so quickly. I'm like, this is just, this is not acceptable. This is not possible. These kids aren't being served like they should be served. This is, this is, I mean, they hadn't had a consistent music teacher in so many years. I, the, it's, the reason why <laughs> is due to the fact that they are waiting on a new school building to be built. Of course, they told me when I interviewed we have this infrastructure issue here. And until they build a new school building, the position is just this way. And it's very, it's very stressful. And it's, it, yeah, it it's just something that I had to adapt to and just make the best of. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I climbed the mountain and I became stronger for it. Yes. And, you know, I I, I have hopes that I will, they're building a new elementary school soon. And I have been promised to have a music room and I will probably only be in that one school. So uh, there is hope. (laughs) And in this process, I will continue to grow as a music teacher and uh, help people around the world that are having to learn how to teach like this. Mm -hmm. So.
0: All right. So let's talk about decorating your cart. Now, I don't just mean like cute decorations, although that is something I get asked a lot about too. But what do you, how do you decide? Let me start. I'm going to have a couple questions here. So let me start with this. Where, when you have your cart, what do you put where? Let's start with that question.
1: I find keeping the cart as simple as possible is really the way to go. You know, I have seen some carts on social media that are just, hugely um, it's like a classroom on wheels and that may work for you that may be what you need but I have found in my position to keep it simple mm-hmm. um, and you know it just put on the cart what you need that day and I group my lessons uh, especially in the first three years I did k1 they shared a lesson grades two and three they shared a lesson grades four and five we did the same thing and sometimes I did two lessons and as I went through the day through the week it naturally just differentiated it I just learned how to uh, make what I did work for each grade level but start simply not only with the cart but with lesson planning because you just you don't have space to carry everything for five or six lessons nor does your brain and your body want to (laughs) Mm -hmm, to deal mm -hmm. with that Keep it simple, right? Um, Just try to keep what you absolutely need on the cart. Another trick that I have learned is keeping what's on the cart private by putting some fabric, use some magnets, some Velcro, put some fabric around your cart so you don't have to, well, unless you have cabinets, then I like carts with cabinets. Or I use fabric around it so that the kids don't see what's in the cart. Mm-hmm. I walk, you know, those first few years, I walk into a room and they're commenting first thing. Oh, we're doing this today. Oh, I see that. Oh, but if you're in a music room, you, you don't have everything out necessarily that you want them to see. <laughs> it could become a distraction when you walk in the room. And so, you know, keeping things covered and until you want to bring them out in the lesson whether it be a puppet or some really special instruments um that that has been very helpful you you know adapting you know what you need uh putting things on there with magnets with velcro cabinets if you have them but okay. yeah there's all kinds of ways to to haul things effectively like that
0: okay my second question is where do you keep your stuff when you're not putting it on the cart? Do you have a storage area somewhere in the school? or do. You do. It, or does it all just stay on the cart all the
1: time? <laughs> oh, gosh. No, I have an office at one of my schools that they gave me a corner of the stage in the back. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a picture of it. I think in one of my, maybe in the book. I don't know. But it's just this corner of the back. And I have of the stage. And I keep all of my stuff in in storage boxes on shelves and I have it all neatly organized so I can just go there and trade it out when I need it. Mm -hmm. And I carry things between schools with a rolling suitcase. That has been really good. And I, um, yeah, I just plan what I need for the week and I load it up in my suitcase and then I'll carry it from there. Uh, but yeah, I do have a main storage area at, say, my home school. Okay, awesome. So do you have any other advice about
0: teaching on a cart or anything you want to share? teachers who are like, I, if I find myself in that situation, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed? Any advice for them?
1: I, I think I have a lot of advice. But I think one thing that's been really helpful and I think unique to to me and my situation is and, and, the, and I've been able to connect with the students in a really powerful way. Um, <laughs> the, one of the, the hard things about teaching on a cart is, is strangely, what do you, where do you sit? <laughs> you go yeah. into a room. And so this is a common question that comes up on Facebook groups. Um, and I. I'm a cajon player. I play cajon at my church, in my church worship band. I play cajon and I sing. So I carry my cajon on my cart. It fits right down on the bottom shelf. I use the, the three tier um, audio visual carts, they work really well. They're really simple. Um, and I carry the cajon, and when I get into the classroom, I pull it out, and I, that's my seat and i play it all the time i uh Mm. play it so good when they hear that steady beat uh being played they just they come alive i play the cajon you uh, i know i know it's meant to be played with your hands and of course i play it but i usually use my foot because i'm playing my auto harp i'm i'm an old school auto harp player (laughs) I love mm. the auto harp because I never was able to learn guitar. And one day I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to learn or ukulele. Yeah, yeah. But I play, uh, so the auto harp is in my lap and the cajon I'm sitting on. And all of my friends that help me teach live in the cajon and they come out. And it's a good way to kind of hide them. There's a hole in the back of the cajon. And they come out. I teach with a rubber chicken almost every day. I teach with a singing tennis ball, uh, the singing classroom. If you've ever heard of that website, yes, there's, mm-hmm. there's. I learned about the singing tennis ball, and all of my friends that help me teach come out of my cajon, and <laughs> the kids just love it. As you, imagine.
0: that's so cute.
1: They connect with it, and I also carry my microphone on my cart. I have a very very portable over the ear mic and Mm. it's uh, it's attached to some, uh, speakers on my cart, and it's very portable and you must use a mic. I very, very much, uh, support using microphones when you're teaching, because I think in my early days, I did some damage to my vocal cords. And if I don't use my microphone, I I almost lose my voice within 30 minutes. Mm. (laughs) So it, Using a microphone even on a cart, it is very doable. It is very doable, but uh, take care of your voice. That's a very important thing when you're teaching on a cart. It's physically exhausting because you're going all around the school. You and not only are we rolling around the school all day, but we are skipping, hopping, and jumping. We're doing movement on top of all that, so it's physically exhausting. You have to take care of your body. You have to eat good food. You have to eat snacks throughout the day to so keep going. You have to take care of your voice, drinking water, um, it, because it it is not an easy task. <laughs> but our students, um, their joy and getting to experience music, even in a difficult situation, it's so worth it to get to see uh, what happens in our classroom. And um, you can do it, you can overcome it. Um, uh, so I hope that uh, <laughs> I've offered some encouragement. Oh, definitely.
0: So Amy, thank you so much for this interview. Before we go, I want you to let everybody know where they can find your awesome book and where they can connect with you online.
1: Um, okay, uh, my book can be found at and Yes, you can go there. It is an ebook, and you will find that on F Flat Books. I have a Facebook page as well um, Teaching on a Cart, I think that it is called. <laughs> yes. Um, and I also have a website. Uh, teaching on a cart.com. You can connect with me there as well. Awesome.
0: Well, awesome. And all those links will be in the show notes. And so thank you so much. This has been helpful. I learned a lot of new things just by having this conversation with you. And so I hope teachers listening in get some great advice as well.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me
0: well hey there thank you so much for listening into the elementary music teacher podcast there is an exclusive facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher call the elementary music teacher community Facebook group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encourage Encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music hang in there have an amazing week and I will see you soon